Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Uh, let's get to our guest. Homan Lee is with us, Asia macro strategist at Lombard ODA. We're going to take a look at some of the price action today. A lot of volatility with uh, first the news report uh, from AP that Russian missiles fired at Ukraine landed in Poland. Markets seem to be pretty resilient. Do you think that they are kind of underappreciating geopolitical risk right now? Well, thank you for having me, Doc. Um, uh, obviously, uh, it, it seems that markets taking the view that this might have been a, uh, uh, an accidental uh, strike on uh, NATO territory. So uh, it will lead to uh, the discussions within the within the NATO about what to do in response. But um, uh, I think there is a bit of understanding here that both sides, given the stakes, a potential escalatory spiral, um, uh, more measured response is quite likely. And this seems to be the, the market position now. Um, it's very difficult to predict how uh, this will evolve going forward. Um, uh, we, we really don't know, uh, apart from the, the strike itself and, and, and the casualties, uh, you know, what, what the intent of, uh, you know, the Russian side is. Mm. Um, uh, so far, they seem to be denying um, uh, that this was intentional. But uh, again, uh, we'll have to see, you know, uh, we'll have to, you know, uh, digest the uh, you know, news after the dust settles down. For us, um, Europe has, is already adjusting mm -hmm. for uh, the, the absence of Russian pipeline gas supply. Uh, so this is done deal, uh, in our view. Going forward, uh, they're going to depend more on gas from elsewhere. So for the energy market, maybe it's less of a factor unless you have a massive escalation. But for the food, um, it's something that we're watching very thoroughly mm -hmm. uh, uh, because, you know, so far we have disruptions in the, the fer chemical fertilizer production um, uh, and, of course, the, the grain corridor deal that's still holding at the moment, but it could go away. So, you know, if uh, something happens on that front, it's going to be pretty tricky, uh, especially for emerging markets. But so far, uh, we don't have any new developments on that front. So that's, uh, that's mildly encouraging. Well, let's stay with the geopolitical story. Yesterday's meeting between Presidents Biden and Xi, it seems as though there was uh, the hope of warmer uh, ties or a warmer relationship between these two superpowers. Uh, China now is, is making a move to support its economy. There is some relief being applied to both the property sector and, and to the COVID curbs. Are, are you more optimistic now that, that China is going to be able to recover maybe on a better path than it would otherwise have been on um, a couple of months ago? 
we are cautiously hopeful that we can avoid a major escalation between the two countries in the in the near term. Um, uh, what's noteworthy is that China uh, began to talk to the U.S. side despite the recent uh, export controls on the semiconductor sector. So it, it highlights the willingness to talk and maybe uh, you know reduce the tension a little bit. So uh, because this appears to be uh, more of an initiative from uh, the Chinese side, um, uh, we think uh, there is a chance for this kind of, you know, uh, small rapprochement to, to hold between the two countries in the very near term. For the long run, uh, we will continue to deal with the uncertainties surrounding Taiwan's trade mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the, you know, the, the tech competition between the two countries. But um, at least in the near term, uh, now there, there seems to be a pretty decisive shift a pragmatic shift uh, uh, on, on the Chinese side of the Pacific to to focus more on the economy and basically avoiding avoid uh, you know introducing new shocks to the economy. Uh, so that that's that's modestly positive in our view. So away from geopolitics, it's really about inflation and the response that central banks have been um, kind of creating to fight it. We know it's not just a, a Fed story. It's the Bank of Korea as well. It's the Reserve Bank of Australia. So a number of central bankers have been challenged to try to get it right here. First, do you think we're at the point of peak inflation? Are we past that, maybe? Uh, we are uh, becoming more hopeful um, uh, that the, we are past the peak inflation for key economies, uh, you know, starting with the U.S., but you know, some parts of emerging markets. So and of course, uh, you know, the, we're dealing with uh, fairly tight labor markets, but the condition will change next year. Uh, we are actually slightly more cautious on unemployment rate trajectory compared to the consensus at the moment. So if we are right in the projection, then uh, it, the macro rationale to stop rate hikes will be pretty strong in early 2023. And therefore, we're looking for uh, consequential pivots in monetary policy in the middle of 2023, uh, because you know by the by the middle of 2023, it would be very clear uh, that there will be some damage uh, for the real economy. So uh, we'll, we are probably past uh, the peak inflation. We are approaching peak rates uh, in, in a few months' time, uh, and that will really shift the tone uh, in markets. Uh, we're not quite there yet. We ha still have some recession risks and geopolitical risks to digest in the near term. Uh, but six to nine months from now, um, uh, we're pretty certain that the tone of market conversation will be quite different. Holman, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for making time to speak with us here on Daybreak Asia. Holman Lee is Asia macro strategist at Lombard Odier. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.